This morning, we talked about discipleship and uh, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And uh, I want to follow up tonight and say just a little bit more about it. I couldn't say everything that I wanted to say in that one sermon. We'd be here a little bit long. So I've kind of made a two-part out of this. But if you recall this morning, we talked about how that in, in the lives of some people, there's a disconnect uh, they want to say, I'm a disciple of Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a Christian. Uh, they want to say, I love the Bible, I love the church, I love God. Um, those are top of my list. But if you look a little closer at their life, you find out that there are some other things that uh, it's like oil and water uh, that, that cannot coexist in, in a person's life and be truly a disciple of Jesus. And so what we're trying to do is to close the gap between our our profession and our practice. That's the challenge of discipleship. Um, Discipleship, what does it look like? Well, discipleship looks like a person who has learned uh, to overcome sin. Discipleship looks like an an 80-year-old lady who has mastered many things in her life and no longer is tempted by things that used to tempt her 40 years old earlier. Discipleship also looks like a life that's a little messy from someone who is trying to shed the baggage of sin, and they haven't perfected it yet, and, and they're trying their best to be more and more like Jesus. You can't look at a person and say, now that person's a disciple or that person's not a disciple by looking at how well they have perfected it because there's maturity, there's growth. Every one of us here probably are on a different level of maturity as we are working as disciples of Jesus. And if we could remember that a disciple is basically an understudy, it's a, it, the, the term is, it's an apprentice, have you ever worked or have you ever had a job where you had to be trained? And, and so you come in and somebody's already been there for years and they say, now here's what you have to do. Here's how you do it. And they can just whiz through on the keyboard or they can do stuff with a hammer and a saw that you, you're, you're left, uh, you know, wow. I, I, I can, have you ever watched guys that drywall? You know, when they were building uh, an addition to the church building in Kentucky, we were, we were drywalling the building. I couldn't get any work done because I went there and I'd watch those guys do their work. <laughs> and I was just sitting and watching. Man, those guys are good. They, they took these eight-foot-long pieces and they walked on these stilts that were about two feet tall so that they could reach the ceiling. And, man, they just slapped that stuff up. It would have taken me hours to have accomplished what they could do in ten minutes. They were good at it. A disciple is someone who learns from somebody who knows what they're doing, an apprentice, an understudy. And we're at different levels at that. And and Jesus is the master. He's the teacher. And we're trying to learn from him. And some of us do it with a lot of struggle, and some of us do it uh, much more gracefully. But the point is that we need to be involved in this discussion and in this effort to be more like Jesus. Don't ever be content with sin in your life. Don't ever use the excuse. And how many times have you heard it said, oh, well, after all, we're only human. We we say that all the time. Um, What is that supposed to mean? 
God gave us instruction. He made us. He knows we're human, yet he gave us instruction. Do you, do you think that God says, oh, well, after all, they're only human? No, he has expectations for us. And we can't dismiss our responsibility by simply saying, oh, well, I'm prone to stumble because I'm human. So what is, and we'll, we'll talk about a couple things tonight. I, I want us to talk about how one becomes a disciple of Jesus. This morning, again, just to rehearse just a little bit, we talked about how that being near or being with or uh, being in general location and doing the things that disciples do, that, that doesn't make you a disciple. You know, if I went down to the Army Surplus store and, and got some fatigues and backpack and, and uh, got myself all decked out and I made a little obstacle course in my backyard and I climbed under ropes and jumped over things and, and I played Army, that doesn't make me a soldier. I might look like one and dress like one and do some of the things that soldiers do, but that doesn't make me one. I might even hang out with people who are soldiers, but that doesn't make me one. There is, to become a disciple, there is a rite of initiation. And we read about that in Matthew chapter 28. If you have your Bible, open it to Matthew 28. And let's look at what Jesus said. He's about to ascend back to his father. He calls his disciples together, and he leaves them what we call the Great Commission. And that commission is given in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He sums it up. And uh, here's what he says. He says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the command is to go make disciples. Well, how do you do that? What's it mean to make a disciple? How do you make a disciple of Jesus? Well, the rest of the verse tells us. There are two modal participles. They tell us how you do what he just said. We're to make disciples, but how do you do that? Well, two ways. You baptize people. And you teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Please note that that doesn't say, before you become a disciple, you have to know everything Jesus taught. That's not what Jesus said. I had a study with a guy one time in Michigan, and he said, I know the truth, I know what you need to do, hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. He rattled it off. He said, I know all that, and I'm going to do it someday, but I don't know enough yet. Because, and he quoted this verse, that we're to, um, in order to be a disciple, we have to obey all things that the Lord has commanded. I'm not sure I know what all that he's commanded. Here's what that passage is saying. He doesn't say you have to know everything the Lord commands. He says you have to be willing to do everything the Lord commands. I can have that resolve without even knowing everything the Lord asks of me. If I believe truly that Jesus is Lord, the Son of God, I can make this commitment. Lord, I will follow you. Whatever it is that I learned that you want me to do, I can tell you right now, I'll do it. I have that commitment. That's what the Lord is asking of us. So in order to be a disciple of Jesus, we have to be willing, when I learn truth, I'm going to follow it. That's tough. Because sometimes that means long-held, cherished views. I have to give up. I I can't do them anymore. It may mean I have to make ties or break in ties with family and friends. 
It may mean that I may set myself apart from uh, the vast majority of the religious world and I hold some views that very few hold. But that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Will you follow me wherever I lead? So you have to do that, but also you have to be baptized. A person who from a distance admires the teachings of Jesus, even tries to implement them, and lives a good, godly, moral life, and you probably know neighbors and friends and family members and so forth that are right there in that life. They live better lives than some Christians that you may know in terms of morals. That's not what makes you a disciple. It's only part of it. The way you make a disciple is to teach them to do whatever the Lord says. You have to have that commitment. And you have to be baptized. It's just like I can't be a soldier, I can't be in the army just because I have a uniform and I do army things. I have to go through proper channels and be initiated into the, to the service. And the same is true in service to God. So what we have to do is we have to be baptized into Christ and we have to come up out of those waters with the resolve that no matter what I learn from Jesus, I'm going to put it into practice. I may not know it all today, but as I learn it, I'm going to put it into practice. I'm an understudy now of him. I'm going to try to learn from him. But now here's the second thing. There is a great challenge to doing that. Discipleship isn't easy because, well, there are two reasons why it's not easy. Number one, because being an understudy of Jesus, it's difficult because Jesus says, I want your all. You can't be my disciple unless you fully commit. You can't, and that's what we're talking about this morning, you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus. You you can't have divided loyalties you, you can't, when you're with this crowd, act this way, and when you're with the church crowd, you act in a church fashion. You have to uncommittedly give yourself, or wholly uh, committed to Jesus, you have to give yourself to him. In fact, in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 35, you, you remember Jesus says, listen, if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to have to deny yourself, take up a cross, and follow me. It's hard to say no to yourself. It's hard to not do what you want to do. And and when, you know, maybe it gets easier in some respects as you get older. Look at little children, and you go through Walmart checkout, and you're leaving the store. How many kids do you see throw tantrums at checkouts because they didn't get what they wanted? And I understand that. That's a childish thing. And we don't do it in as foolish ways as children do, but it's still hard for grown-ups to say no to ourselves. Why why can't I do that? I want to do that. Um, We think we've earned the right to do some things. A disciple of Jesus has to deny himself and follow Jesus. That's... That's hard. Um, It's hard to say no. But also, it's hard because Jesus is perfect and he's who we're trying to imitate. 
If you want a theme for the book of Mark, it's a song that we sing. Uh, um, I can't even remember the, the name of it right now. Uh, but it has the line, Jesus doeth all things well. Do you remember that song we sing? Um, that, that statement comes from Mark um, chapter 7 and verse 37. And, and I think it's the key to the whole book of, of Mark or one of the, the keys. Jesus does everything well. That makes it hard. How in the world am I going to be an understudy to somebody who does everything well? Because uh, I don't. I make mistakes. If I'm hammering, sometimes I hit my thumb. I, I can't do what he did. But again, that's not really the point. The measure of a disciple is not the perfection that you have achieved, but the effort that you are putting into trying to learn from your master teacher. Like I said, one who's been at it a long time, they may have learned to overcome a lot of things, and their their life may fit the pattern of Jesus so closely, never perfectly, but so closely because they have they've learned well under his tutelage. But some of us haven't been at it as long, and we're still trying to shed old habits, and it's Tough for us to uh, be like Jesus, but are you trying? Are you learning? Are you getting better? That's what God's interested in. Not not where you are necessarily, but how are you progressing? And what's your heart in the matter? The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 22 that Jesus was perfect. Uh, he, He never sinned. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21 tells us the same thing. He was without sin, but he became a sin offering for us. So that makes it hard. Hard on those two respects. He he demands a lot of us. And what he does, he does well. And I don't always do so well. My performance is not as good as his. And to prove that, well, just consider some things, some, some character traits of Jesus. Jesus never said the wrong thing. You know how many times they sent people to trip Jesus, to trick him in his words, to to get him to stumble so that they might have something against him so that they can bolster their own argument against him and and bring some kind of uh, uh, judgment maybe against Jesus to, to get him out of the way? He never said the wrong thing. That's incredible when you think about that. And I'm to try to learn and follow that. That that's that seems a bit overwhelming. Our attitudes. Do you ever have a sour attitude? Do you, do you ever get angry at things that don't make God angry? Do, do you ever uh, judge people's motives? Jesus never did any of that. He always had the right attitude. He always knew just how to deal with situations and with people and never misjudged their motives and never accused them falsely. And and so I've got to learn to do that too. That's going to be challenging. Jesus always did good for people. That's hard to do. Sometimes people will, will hurt you. Sometimes you get upset with people. And we're not real inclined in the moment to do good for them. We'd like to see them... I don't know, I don't want to hurt them, but I don't want to help them either. And so we, we have those attitudes, and, and uh, sometimes we have this, uh, well, they got what they deserved. 
kind of mentality, and we kind of, hmm, you know, take, take delight in that. Jesus always had the good of other people in mind, and that's who we're to follow. So you see, those are some examples. It, it, it's comprehensive. Every part of our life, our attitudes, our actions, our speech is to be governed by how did Jesus do and what, what did he do, and that's what I need to model myself after. Now, let me get to the last part, and we'll close this. So where does the church come in? Why can't I just be a disciple at home and treat my neighbors right and my family right and not kick my dog and everything's good? I mean, what, what, why can't that be disciple? What's church all about? Well, church is the workshop where discipleship is lived and learned out, uh, lived out and learned. The church is this place where disciples of Jesus get together and they put into practice and and we have a a living community here where we interact with each other and and we fail with each other and we try to do what Jesus would do with each other and we've got to be patient with each other. Some people do it so well and some people don't do it so well. And, And so this is this workshop where we have this master teacher who's trying to tell us, here's how you do it, and he's modeled it for us in the Bible. And so we come together, and we work together, and we fellowship with each other, and we try to put into practice in our daily life, we find ourselves in those situations that Jesus lived out, and here we are living them out too. And that's, that's where the church comes in. It's our, our practice uh, field, so to speak. It's where we learn to help others who are less proficient in following Jesus. It's where we say, hey, you know, uh, that's not the way you do it. How about trying this? And we, we reach out to each other. It's not where I'm, you know, I got a box around myself and you got a box around yourself and, and we all just do our own work and, and avoid each other and, and we all stand alone. No, this is, this is a community that God wants us to work and learn in. He's brought us together for mutual strength and encouragement and says, now, as a church, I want you guys to learn how to be like me. And we help each other. And that requires that we have to be patient with each other. It requires, well, it also helps. Because Jesus lived a long time ago, and I've never really seen him live, but boy, I have seen him in you. I've seen him, uh, there are times, many times, countless times through the years that I see the reaction of a person or the action of a person. You can't miss Jesus in them. And it helps me in a concrete way to say, that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. That's what church is about. It's about helping one another Uh, living out and giving ourselves practice and experience and instruction as to how to just simply be more like Jesus. Really, being a Christian isn't that complicated. And we serve a gracious God. He doesn't demand perfection. He wants perfection, but he's made provision for our imperfection. Let me say it that way. And so here's, here's what he asks of me. I want you to spend your life 
learning about my son, and, and I've told you everything you need to know about him right here. I, I want you to try to conform yourself into his image. I want you to develop his mind. I want you to do the things that he would do. I want you to talk in the ways that he would talk. I want you to interact with other people in the way that he would interact with other people. And, and I want you all to get together and do it together and help each other and model it for each other. What some people just struggle with, other people can do it so well. And those who struggle can look to them and say, ah, that's, that's how you do it. The strong can take the weak under the wing and help them to develop those character traits of Jesus. And when we live a life doing that and making that our pursuit, just to be like Jesus, heaven will be our home. What we need to do is to just simply be disciples. I'm not interested in pursuing any other agenda I'm not interested in pursuing any biblical issue, per se. My agenda is to pursue Jesus, to become his disciple, to learn to live and to talk and to behave and to develop the attitudes that he had. And I want to help others, and I want to be helped by others in that lifelong pursuit. And if I do that, Heaven will be mine. I will have done what God has asked me to do in this world. You will touch your family. You'll touch the world. You'll touch yourself as, uh, in, in a way that will help you uh, to eventually arrive at your heavenly home. Let's be disciples of Christ. Let's get rid of the, the, the gap between our profession and our practice. Let's work at being people who are trying to be understudies of Jesus. That's what Christianity is. It's that simple. Let's be understudies of Jesus. If you're not, haven't taken up that pursuit yet, why don't you do that tonight? Get back to what we, where we started. We've just come full circle. Do you want to be an understudy of Jesus? Do you want that heavenly home? Do you want the reward that comes to those who will deny themselves, take up a cross, and follow Jesus? Do you want the life that comes to those who will willingly lose their life for Him? Well, He said, this is how you do it. You need to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and you need to have the resolve to do whatever the Lord tells you to do. If you haven't been baptized tonight, why don't you make that decision? We'll baptize you into Christ and you begin your life. If you have the willingness to resolve, no matter what it is, I may not know all that he asks of me, but I know this. I want to go to heaven. I want to serve the Lord. I want to be like him. Then follow what he says. Did he say to be baptized? Yes. Then do it. And as you learn more about what he wants you to do, put it into practice. You don't have to know it all tonight. When you learn it, you do it. If you need to respond to the invitation tonight to become a child of God by being baptized into Christ or to say, I haven't been, I haven't made discipleship really a pursuit. I've been going along. I've been drifting. I've just really been with people who have made that their pursuit. 
But me, myself, I've really not been pursuing that, and I want to make that right. We'll pray with you to that end if you'll come as we stand together and sing.